0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Now let's stand together. My good friend, my compadre, Pastor Thomas from Calvary Gospel Church. We serve together on the North American Missions Committee What a great man of God he is. We're so glad to have Sister Thomas with us as well today. Let's welcome them. They did an excellent job in our teaching this morning. Let's get behind the man of God and the word of God. Brother Thomas, preach the word. We love you, man. Let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Is everybody excited as I am? There's something happening in this church. (laughs) I said there's something happening. Praise God, hallelujah. You are entering into a new dimension. Are you ready for it? Praise God, it's exciting to be in the house of God. Also, it's exciting to be around brother and sister Kylie and brother and sister Steve Kylie and brother and sister Cordell. They are tremendous, tremendous leaders. Uh, Brother Kylie is my definition of a a leader. He doesn't just talk about, he leads. And he does it with kindness, he does it with very definite, but you, he's not just taking a walk. He's doing a tremendous job. I know so many of you may be seated. Uh, Of course, my beloved granddaughter, (laughs) Lauren, soon-to-be Brown Thorpe, brother and sister Thorpe, and I see Mike and Lenny Sandin, and oh my goodness, uh, brother and sister Dresta, or at least sister Dresta, I don't see brother Dresta. Uh, Brother and sister Brown had the privilege of teaching in one of their classes, uh, And and it was a pleasure to meet them and, of course, a pleasure to meet Aaron's parents. Uh, I've known Aaron for as long as he's known Lauren. You know, grandparents got to kind of sniff around and check out. They got to pass the grandpa test. And he did well. Uh, They were downstairs, and I told him, I said, I want to hear people talking down there. I don't want to hear this long silence thing. (laughs) So I didn't hear anything for a while, so I thought, what can I do to wake them up? (laughs) They weren't asleep, but... uh, I found this frozen turkey in my <laughs> in my refrigerator. So I said, you know what? I think I'll just take this and st- set it on the first step and let it bounce down. <laughs> well, little did I know that gravity is a terrible thing. It went boom, boom, boom. And when it hit that last step, it catapulted into the wall and put a big hole in it. <laughs> Lauren comes running up and says, Grandpa, are you crazy? Well, I guess, I mean... Praise God! It is such a privilege to be here. Really, it is a privilege for me to be here. Uh, I have a, you know, a couple of things from God that He has laid on my heart, and I and I believe this church is ready to receive it. There's there's something in the air, and you can feel it. You can sense it. There's excitement. I love it when I see new members uh, come up to receive their certificates. That means you're alive and you're going in a strong pace. But this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Uh, When I was praying about this service this last week after Pastor Kylie talked to me, I really, really felt a strong impression that he wanted me to tell you, folks, that there's something happening in the spirit world, that you've, you, you're going someplace, and it's not stopping here. It's You're going into another dimension. Every church has another dimension. Everybody that's sitting in the sound of my voice has another level that God wants to take them, and it's something that we have to be always aware of. Uh, several years ago, I had realized that I had fallen into a, deep sleep, I guess you'd say. I'd been ministering for 35 years and God just took me to the woodshed and gave me a good spanking. (laughs) And I needed it. And when he woke me up, I come on fire. I've been in revival ever since because the God who brought me into this is still my God. And he, it's been tremendous, and I'm still in revival, and I pray that my, my ministry starts when I'm 80. A few more years, I'll be able to say, you know, like Moses, here I am. Praise God. Once again, Brother Kylie, a great leader of North American Missions, uh, he's taking us someplace as well. You know, uh, God spoke to our church, we just got through with a 21-day fast, and He kept prophesying that there was another dimension coming. And, you know, you don't know what another dimension is going to be. I mean, God doesn't write it on a chalkboard and say, okay, folks, this is what we're going to take you. You have to be anticipating something special. This worship service uh, was amazing. I I really, really felt the presence of God. But I believe God has something, something really, really special for you. I'll tell him about you, but I'm no longer satisfied with just a good church service. I, I believe that we come into the house of God, we should have a level of anticipation that God is not only with us, but he's in us. And everybody in this house should leave this building with everything that they need. A supernatural manifestation of God's spirit is the only thing I'm satisfied with. I want to see somebody pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, every time I come in our church. I'm anticipating God to heal somebody or deliver somebody. People come to church. This is a hospital. We come here with an anticipation that we can minister, and people come out from the world. They don't know what's going on in here. Praise God. Are you happy that you're becoming addicted to this church and to the work of the Lord? This church has been here for quite a while, and it's always done a tremendous, tremendous job. You know, the Bible talks about these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm hungry for signs. I'm hungry for my hands to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I'm hungry to see those things in the supernatural. And I'm beginning to see them after 35 years on a more wholesale basis than I ever have. And Brother Kylie mentioned you folks went on that 28-day fast, was it? Uh, Daniel fasts similar to what we did and and I believe some of you fasted for this service and and I fasted for this service because I want God to show us something. I want God to put something in our hearts before we leave here. Uh, I want to get, before I get into this message, I'd like you to take a look at 2 Chronicles 7, 14 and 15. I think we've all read this a thousand times but God showed me uh, something here that I think will help understand what's really going on here. In 2 Chronicles 1.14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. My friends, the only way to humble yourself is through fasting. Fasting is the biblical tool. David mentioned that he said, I humble my soul by fasting. When we do that, and pray and seek my face and turn from there... Everybody say my My wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now here's what God recently showed me in Second Chronicles seven fifteen. Why do we pray? Why do we fast? It said, Now mine eyes shall be opened. Now my eyes shall be opened and my ears attended unto the prayer that is made in this place. So when you put some skin in the game, when you decided, your pastor decided that that God was calling this church to another level, he led you into a fasting and prayer session. Praise God. And that to me is very exciting. Folks, this church, Abundant Life Church, has God's attention. I said he's got God's attention. If you're a visitor here this morning, is there any first time visitors here this morning? Second time visitors? 28th time visitors? Praise God. I want to tell you, in case you're just visiting, this is the best church in this county. Amen. End of story. Not taken away from anybody else's church, but I'm telling you, this is the place to be. Now, God's given me something here that I've never done before, but I want to just first share with you Jeremiah 1 and 12. The Lord said unto me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Praise God. In the other translation, it says, I will hasten my word to perform it. God's anxious to see what we're praying about. He's anxious to see the signs and wonders and miracles. that He's already promised these. This is not a big deal for God. We just have to get it between our left and our right ear. God is willing to do everything we have prayed about. So let's turn to Jeremiah 33 and 3. I don't know about you, but I feel like going boldly into the throne room. I want everything that God has for me, for this church. Whatever this service brings today, it'll be because of a manifestation of God's spirit. Praise God. Jesus told us to ask, to seek, and to knock, and keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. Ask anything in my name, and what is he going to do? He said, I will do it. Praise God. Jeremiah 33 and 3, Call on me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not praise god it 's just like a carte blank. What do you want this morning? What exactly is in your heart that needs to be addressed? Is there anything in your spirit that you 're troubled about? Uh, perhaps fears come upon you, perhaps something in your life is drastically changed. sometimes a job uh, falls apart, or whatever uh, isaiah forty five and eleven then thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. And his maker asked me of things concerning my sons. I love this scripture. And concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. So what I'm asking you to do, we're going to put up on the screen. We're going to go boldly into the throne room corporately. And I want you to pray these scriptures and these promises with me. I don't know if you can see it from there. Um, Get your bifocals out. So we're gonna pray this together as a prayer. God, pour out your spirit in this service. Pray would be filled or renewed with your spirit. Pray heal every sickness in this place and take the spirit of heaviness and replace it with the garment of praise. God, we pray that every broken heart is healed and we pray that you set every captive free and those who are bound. God we bind the strong man and every unclean spirit and the spirit of infirmity that burdens your children. God tear down every stronghold that has been set up in the hearts of people by spiritual wickedness in high places. God we pray you release your warring angels to minister in your house this morning. God We offer up the sacrifice of praise and we will pray with all of our hearts as your holy presence fills this place. In the name of Jesus, will you lift up your hands and let's entertain the presence of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's worship him. Your miracle is right behind this prayer. Your healing is right behind this. God has promised he will not forsake his children. I worship you, Lord. I'll lift up your holy name, almighty God. I thank you, Lord for what you're going to do, that you're going to heal the brokenhearted, that you're going to heal every sickness in this place, everything that has come against your children, oh God, every unclean spirit, oh God, every stronghold, oh God, and we release your warring angels, come forth right now into this place. God, send forth your angels in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. you feel the atmosphere change? Praise God. It went from good to better. <laughs> praise God. We had a, one of these type of services like you're having today not too long ago, and one of the little Sunday school children came up to her dad and says, Daddy, Daddy, did you see that? He said, What? He said, There's angels all over this altar. God showed that little girl. She, he said, what do they look like? He said, well, you can see through them, but you know they're there. And they're standing over everyone who's weeping and crying. And they're like guarding them with their wings. And she was just, ama- she was just so happy. And he was freaking out. He says, oh, my goodness. But listen, this is a battle zone here. We are at war. The enemy wants to destroy you. He doesn't care how he does it. He can can get you with apathy. He can get you with alcohol. doesn't make any difference to the devil. But if you continue to come to this church and continue to be led by this pastor and his staff and put your heart into this like you never have before, this could be the day that the Lord comes back. I said, this could be the day that the Lord comes back. I want to rejoice and be glad in it. I want to be ready to meet God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We have our text this morning. uh, There's a question recorded in Acts, the 16th chapter. And I think as I read through this and God began to prompt me that everybody needs to answer this question that was spoken. Paul and Silas, as you know, were in prison, and a great earthquake shook the prison, and all the prison doors came open. And the jailer was sure that, he was going to be killed anyways. He said, I'll just end it all myself right now. He had his sword out. He was going to kill himself. But in Acts sixteen twenty eight, Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So the question I ask you today, and we have predominantly people who are spirit-filled, that question still rings in my heart. What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to stay saved? I must be under the authority of the church, under the authority of the pastor. But I need to develop a relationship with the almighty God that will take me through those lean times that we all have. That there are things going to be coming your way sometime during your life that you'll be totally out of control. It's like running downhill and you just keep rolling. You can't stop. Momentum will take you through circumstances that you'll just oh my God I can't get through this and suddenly you'll feel the voice that still small voice will say I'm with you son I'm with you always even to the ends of this earth I can't take it anymore God and God says that's okay and so just the same thing you did with your kids when they were going through stuff you didn't tell them just give up just throw in the towel you went to them and you ministered to them and I believe that's what God is, does to us so we need to keep in mind that every one of us here is headed into eternity. Every single person here, one-on-one people die. Can I get a big amen? (laughs) And because of that, I think it only makes sense that we should make sure that we have done everything we need to do to be saved. Every day you need to ask that question, what Must I do to be saved? You know, the kids are always on this Facebook thing and they got this likes and dislikes and they press the button and all this. I'm wondering if God had a little button. How many likes would you get today? (laughs) Would he be satisfied and pleased with all the things you do on a daily basis? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you're seeking shall follow after you. For your heavenly Father knows your needs before you pray. What a great God we serve! Why would he care about you? Why would he care about me? My God is so great and gracious, he loves you from the depths of his heart. Praise God. And I want everyone here today before they leave to have answered that question. Some of you have come here this morning and are troubled with depression. Listen, God is the God of depression. His scripture says he will take the spirit of heaviness, which is depression, and give you the garment of praise. (laughs) I don't care what the psychologists and psychiatrists say. There is a spirit behind depression. There is a spirit behind pornography. There is a spirit behind lust. There's a spirit behind poverty. Listen, it's not God's will that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. If you can get yourself into godly sorrow when things go wrong, that is the key. If you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all of our sins and all of our on righteousness, can you worship God with me this morning? I'm so thankful that I don't have that. I have a God who cares, uh, that understands that I'm going to make mistakes, uh, who's willing to take me and hold me in His arms. Uh, praise God! Praise God! Uh, Hebrews two and 4, 15. I don't know about you, but before I was saved, this is this. I had a fear of death that was shockingly strong and when I was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost look what the Bible says here and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage I, I, my fear was so bad I couldn't, put, I couldn't think about it I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it because I didn't know if there was a God and if you don't know if there's a God then, then the end seems to be so uncertain you don't know and then it began to tell me if there, there is a God I'm in trouble whoo hoo! Thank you, Jesus. I was addicted to alcohol. Uh, I had all kinds of issues in my life and my life began to spiral downhill and uh, anger and I lost my business and my home and my family. and, And you know, when I came to the end of my rope, it was the beginning of God's rope. It was the beginning of his soul preserver thrown into my life. When I was so depressed and down and thought, even thought about committing suicide, something broke in me. And if you haven't really been broken to the point where you're totally dependent on the Spirit of God for everything that you have, listen, he can take it away just as quickly as he gives it. I found that out. But I want you to know today, I could have been a poster child for the original Humpty Dumpty I'm serious. My life was in shambles like you would not believe. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Rich Thomas back together again. But guess who came along? The king of kings. The Lord of lords. The alpha, the omega, the beginning, the ending. The one who said, let there be light. And he restored me. He restored everything that had been taken from me, which I should say I gave away because of my worldly habits. But I hope there's someone here today that's not totally committed. You're here and you you love this place. You love this worship. Some of you new folks that just came in. Stick with this church. This is the safest place on earth this planet for you right now. You are born into a family of believers that love you and care about you. This is your new home. This is your new mom and dad. These are your sisters and your brothers. And the thing that binds us all together is our Father who art in heaven He brings everything together, connects every one of us together. So you go through issues in your life. Don't hide them. Open up not only prayer, but find the leadership in this church. We've all been through the very things that you went through. We know what it feels like to have to pray the blessings of God, to live on a shoestring, to have marriage issues, to have all these things that come our way, children that are totally oblivious to your walk with God. That's not unusual. That is usual. But listen, there are people here that have been there, done that, and will be able to encourage you and lift you up and give you hope and teach you how to pray, teach you how to fast, teach you how to love people. Listen, one of the greatest things God's given us is something we don't even think about, the ability to love other people. Listen, when I was in the world, I didn't love anybody but me. Praise God. My life was surrounded around me. But when you get into the kingdom of God, we're to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That doesn't leave much for anybody else. And also, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, my goodness. That's a new commandment. Do you love your neighbor uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not that easy to love your neighbor. But you know, God says, "Be kind to those people who despitefully use you." Praise God. Turn the other cheek. I'm still working on that one. I thought if for a while it was that guy's cheek, but no, it's my. I've got to turn and say, "Listen, I can't take offense. I can't retaliate. I just can't do it." Praise God. You know, in 1980, I, I became really, really sick. My wife, uh, we just, we just, our life just fell apart. I mean, I was sick to death. I mean, it was not just a normal, sin. my head it was pounding with a pain that I could not believe. I mean, it was just horrible. And right before I went into the hospital, I had a little verbal dream. And that dream was this, because I didn't really believe there was a God. I always thought if there's a God, why does he just... Come on TV and say, hey "Rich, this is God. Here's what you need to do: sign this form, send 29.95 to Dallas, Texas," which a lot of people are doing. But it was no joke when I'm laying there in that hospital room. But the dream was this: there is a God. You can ask Sister Thomas. I jumped up on the top of that bed and I was shaking like a leaf. She said, "Have you been drinking?" Did you hear that? Did you hear what was said? Go back to sleep. I never forgot that. And I needed that little piece of the puzzle because Several days later, I'm laying in St. Mary's Hospital with unbearable pain. They had to sedate me with Demerol and all this crazy stuff. And my hands were shaking and my body was racking with pain and my white cell count was was crazy. And they're telling me, you've got spinal meningitis, perhaps or leukemia, but it's not good. Boy, there is a God. And it just... You know, sometimes you get these little revelations. Well, that's one of those little revelations. I said, you know, I think it's time for me to try to find out what this is all about. I'm dying. And then the man of God walked into the hospital room. Bishop John W. Grant. Never met him before in my life. Someone in the church knew. I was in the hospital. He walked in, and we chit-chatted, and he said, I never considered prayer to be an answer to my sickness and disease. He said, uh, hey, Rich, he said, would you like me to pray for you? I'm thinking, <laughs> let's do it, whatever. You know, when you're down and people are telling you you're dying, you don't really think about, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. <laughs> I'm telling you. You become, You know, I'm the old ex-breed. I'm so tough, you know, but, uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm dying. I don't even know if there's a God. What if there's an eternity? What if there's a hell? Oh, da, da. So he prayed a very simple prayer. Left the, left the room. I never felt anything, but the next day my symptoms are gone because my head's real thick. I never, never even thought that this could be God. But I told my wife, I said, you know, we need to go down to that church. and, and it's, At least he made that trip to our house or to my bed. I think it would be nice if I you know, spent a little time in the church. So I, we stopped by there, and I came in my first Pentecostal service. I said, oh, my word. You've got to be kidding me. There was jumping George O'Neill who was running around the church. He'd get to the head, right, right about this part of the platform he started doing cartwheels. I said, there's drugs in here. These guys are high. Nobody's this happy. And then they began to talk to me. And I told my wife, I said, let's get out of here. She says, we can't leave now. Are you kidding? She said, "All these people will see us." She says, "You're." Cr-. I said, "These people are crazy." She says, "I know what crazy is all about. I've watched you at a Wisconsin football game. That's what crazy is. That's what crazy is. The things that you do when you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs. That's what crazy is. Thank God for a wife that was sensitive to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So I'm here today to tell you that when you are in a circumstance or a situation in your life that seems to be the worst thing that ever happened to you, if I hadn't gotten sick, I would have never met John Grant. If I never met John Grant, I would have never went to Calvary Gospel Church. If I never went to Calvary Gospel Church, I would have never been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. So the sickness and disease was the best thing that ever happened to me, even though at the time I thought it was the worst thing. I remember running to the altar. I couldn't stop. My feet just kept moving, and I'm thinking, Where are you going? Don't be going up there. And the time I got up there was a blubbering mess, and I fell on my face. And the lifestyle I led did not, I mean, there wasn't any commandments that I hadn't broken. I was through the Vietnam War and different things, and not proud of anything I've ever done in the past, but I could not get up from that altar. Everybody left an hour and a half after service. I was still down there repenting and asking God to forgive me. And it finally, after a, literally an hour and a half, I got up and I, and I I was just weak because I had wept so much. And somebody said, Lift up your hands. And they could have told me to stand on one foot, you know, and keep the other arm up. And I said, What? And I just lifted up my hand. and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And immediately I began to speak in other tongues. Praise God. I didn't have any Bible study. I didn't know what was going on. All I know is that I needed God. I needed God. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be delivered? Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know if I ever got into my scriptural reading. I got on one of my tangents there, but the last scripture in Acts 16.30. If you could turn again to that, even if I did say it, I'd like to say it again. Acts 16.30, the word saved in this original language includes healing, deliverance, and salvation. So if you're here today and you've never been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, this scripture is for you. If you're here in your need of healing, praise God, this scripture is for you. Because that word saved comes from the word salvation, which has a three to four prong meaning in it. You are in the right church. So just ask yourself that question. What's keeping me from becoming the Christian that I know I can be? What in my spirit have I not given up to God? You know, the Bible says to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. All of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. That sounds really easy. But if only God knows your heart, how are you going to know it unless you have a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ? You'll never be able to know what's really in your heart unless God reveals it. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked above all things. That's why you need a pastor. That's why you need this Bible. You need to have this Bible open at break time. You need to have three by five cards in your pocket. You need to be memorizing scriptures. You need to fill your spirit because all the junk that came in our trunk, we still have to get it out. We have to replace the ungodly information that came with 38 years of living for God. We have to fill it up with the substance of the living God. The Bible is so diametrically opposed to the world and the things of this world that when we understand what God's really called us to become and be we 're supposed to become Christ-like, let this mind be in you that also was in Christ Jesus. What a tremendous privilege it is that people like you and like me can become like Christ. Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Praise witnesses. Why would God use anybody like me? I don't know, but he does. God's given us the authority to plant the seed and to water it. And God will then provide the increase. But we have a part in this. We can't just walk around and, and expect people to be drawn to our holiness or our righteousness or this church, we need to demonstrate God. And when we have this opportunity, my friend, this is what it really means. Praise God. Two years after I had my born again experience, God restored me financially. I gave me a business. I had 60 people working for me. I had my restoration I married the most beautiful woman in the world. I had all, everything that was taken from me through the enemy, God restored it. And when everything was going great at age 52, he said, okay, give it all up, your business. I'm calling you into the ministry. I said, huh? And I knew it was God, and I knew it was, there's no sense of arguing. When God calls you to do something, you're not going any further than your last act of disobedience. End of story. You're not going to move any further spiritually. And the problem is when God calls you to teach a home Bible study or to start a a small group or preach, whatever God's called you to do, you're not going to move from that spot. You can walk around it. You can disobey God, but you'll never have the favor of God until you obey that. Everybody that comes to God is going to come to a point as you grow. There's going to be something God's going to ask you to do or become, and you're going to balk at it. You're going to be like Moses. You're going to say, "Yo, you, know, you must, you must think, no, I can't." No, you're talking about the pharaoh. I know this guy. We grew up together. You know, the guy's really weird, and and I'm not about to go and talk to this guy. He's the mightiest ruler, and I'm still i wanted for murder. God says, I called you to be the spokesman. He argued with God until finally God says, okay, okay, I'll have Aaron do the speaking, but you're going to be a part of it. Why don't you just give up? Why don't you just let God take you and mold you and shape you? There's so many latent gifts of the Holy Ghost in this place. People who have ministries that are not even explored yet because you haven't taken advantage of the opportunities that God's given you. Oh, when God looks at us, he can see things in you and in me that he doesn't. We don't see. We don't feel it. We have have to push everything past our low self-esteem. All of our life, when we come to God, up to that point in time, that's who we are. Every thought, everything that happened to us that actually uh, makes up our composite nature. God has to work his way through all that mess, all those insecurities, all those things that we struggle with because we know who we are, but we forget who he is. We forget that God has called you, that God will ordain. He doesn't need talent. He needs availability. He needs, I would challenge this church next week how many of you would at least ask four people to this assembly next Sunday morning? we have anybody that's bold enough to say, I'll, I'll, I'll ask four people. So what? What if they say no? So what? I used to ask people to go out drinking with me, and it didn't bother me at all. So why don't you just say, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you. See, we have to take initiative. We have to, if, if people in our life are going to be saved, we have to take the initiative to be the person We are the light that shines into darkness. And God's out there, just would somebody please be a witness unto me. And I know this is not an issue in this church, but if you're here and you're new, become a witness. You'll become the most viable Christian in this church. Praise God. Uh, Over the years, I've I've met so many desperate people. Uh, You know, it really helps if you're desperate, It really helps when you're kind of at the end of your rope. Years ago, I was, my wife's sister was dying of lung cancer, and she was in horrible shape. And I knew I should go over there, but I struggled with it. She'd never been to church, never understood anything about spiritual things. And I said, no, God, I don't know. Uh, She'd never understand this anyway. So, uh, you know, so I put it off and put it off. And then one day, I got, I mean, it was just like, Heavy, heavy voice. He said, "Today is a day. Go see Karen." So I reluctantly got up, and I, you know, when when God speaks to you, you got nothing to lose. Really, think about it. When God calls you up to a hospital to pray for the sick, don't worry about results. Just go up because God told you to go. When God talks to you about your neighbor, go do it. Be a friend. Love them. Do things for them. So I end up there at her house in DeForest, and I walk in the door after a little bit, and her husband said, oh, he said, you're not going to believe it. He said, this is the first day that she's ever been able to get out of the bed in weeks. She's, she's actually doing a load of laundry. This, he said, this is a miracle. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe God does know what he's doing. So I came, and we sat down, and she made coffee, and she was kind of bubbly, and uh, it was all facade. She's dying. She knows she's dying. She looked horrible, and I said, Karen, I'm here today because God asked me to come here, and and I'm thinking, okay, God, give me my next line (laughs) because I didn't know what to say. How do you? You know, I've taught, you've got to have a 12-week Bible study. You've got to be able to say something eloquent, you know. I, was, I didn't know what to say, so I blurted out, Karen, it looks like you're going to die if God doesn't heal you. Are you ready to meet God? And immediately, the, I mean, immediately the Holy Ghost fell and immediately she lifted up her hands and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance can you believe the mercy and grace of God does not need anything but us to be willing to go don't try to figure out it, just go. Just do your part. If nothing happens, at least on judgment day, you'll stand before God and he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You're not gonna hit a home run every time you go to a deathbed. But it sure was nice to see this one fly out of the park. And she was strong enough. She's, I said, Karen, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, hakshaba She says, yes. She didn't know anything about baptism. She didn't know a thing about it, but she was obedient to what she was feeling. So we took her over to church, called my wife. I said, you're not going to believe it. I said, your sister Karen just received the Holy Ghost. This is life and death. This is where you're going to spend eternity. What if I'd have said, no, God, I've got a golf game, or I've got something going, or, you know, I'm, I'm afraid. I, you know, I don't want to talk to her. And Her husband's enemy uh, against Pentecostals, and he's from the big B denomination. He doesn't believe in all this stuff. He's a believer now. So we took her over to the church. Peggy came over there. One of the best days in her life, when she came walking in that baptismal room, and here's her. Sister, signed, sealed and delivered, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the ability. Isn't it wonderful that God can use imperfect vessels like you and me? If we're just willing, what do I have to do to be saved? Be obedient. Praise God. Praise God. Back in 1992, I was called over to the house of a 75-year-old lady who had some serious medical issues. Uh, She was dying of cancer. Um, Brother Crowder and I went over there. Uh, It was a very uh, amazing event that happened. You know, when somebody's dying, it's, it, there's a whole different dimension in ministering, right, Brother Callie. You just, you just don't, you know, you, you, you begin to realize the gravity of what you're doing. Whatever is said and done at that point in time is going to make the difference between where they're going to spend eternity. So I walked into her bedroom, and here's this frail little lady who was now emancipated by this horrible disease. And. She weighed less than 75 pounds. Uh, She only had days to live, and she knew it. Hospice was there. And for so many years, she had rejected the gospel reprieve. But this time, it was different. She was desperate. She knew that the time was closing. I asked her if we could pray for her to receive the Holy Ghost. And she said, yes. Would you believe that within seconds she's speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the ability? <laughs> I asked her if we could take her to church to get baptized. She said, no. I've already been baptized. Brother Crowder said, no, you weren't. God just spoke to me. You were baptized in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. She hung her head and she says, you're right. I need to be baptized right now in my bathtub. She put on her pajamas. And baptized in Jesus' name, big smile on her face. I went over to her house the next day and I asked her the question, Mom, how do you feel? She said, son, I've never felt better in my whole life. Never felt better my whole life. She said one thing she says that really puzzled me is Brother Crowder reached forth his hand, and right before I received the Holy Ghost, I looked up and I didn't see Brother Crowder. I saw Jesus. That was Jesus. I saw it looked right into his eyes, and there was this big smile on his face. I saw the face of Jesus Christ. My friends, when we go out and minister, when we talk, we're going in his name. We are representative of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And she didn't see Felix Crowder. She saw Jesus Christ. Several days later, she passed on into eternity. Most of the family members are really upset, but I'm praising my God. I'm worshiping the Lord of lords and the king of kings. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. We've had such a wonderful revival at Calvary Gospel Church. and I believe what you're seeing here is what we saw a couple of weeks ago. There was people starting coming in that just, was just coming in, and people were excited, and the Holy Ghost came. and Then we started seeing people uh, get into godly sorrow, so when you turn from your wicked ways, you don't know what they are until God actually talks to you about them because sin is hidden. And people had so many things came out. You know, when you start peeling an onion, you just keep going and going and going. When I got down to the end of my onion, you know what I found? Filthy rags. Everything about me was filthy. I was just a born-again Christian with the grace of God on me. I had nothing to offer anybody. But you know, when we are honest with ourselves, if we be honest to ourselves, then we can be honest to God. So when he begins to show you things in your spirit uh, we saw people who had been bitter for years and years and years that stronghold came crashing down and the people that they were bitter against they hugged them and kissed them and said oh i'm so sorry i was bitter people who have severe depression they've had it since they were kids the stronghold come crashing down and that depression left them and we had one lady had interstitial lung disease been carrying oxygen around for a year and a half and God delivered her right at the altar her oxygen came off her her then we found out there she was filled with depression and and things that her happened to her in her childhood and she said this is what it likes to be free it's amazing I don't feel depressed I don't she wanted to kill herself this was the last service she was going to come to and here comes the master and says, no, let me let me minister to you. See, this is what God's all about. This is what God's... And the first thing we have to do is be honest with ourselves. Oh, my God. We had one gal that had ADH for years and years and years, probably 20-some years. I mean, ADH, I don't know, ADHD, I guess they call it. And she was prayed for. And that stronghold come crashing down. And she she told in an audience, she said, this is the first time I can ever remember being able to think straight. She said, my mind was like a ping pong ball. See, this is what our God will do if we will tear down the barriers. The Bible says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. We have the authority to tear down strongholds. We have the authority to speak to these strongholds and tear them down. I'm sick and tired of seeing sick people in church. I'm sick and tired to hear people are depressed. I'm Sick and tired of people who have been strangled by their financial condition. This is the day that the Lord hath made. He's wanting some of you to come out of the closet. He's wanting some of you to believe him for everything that you need today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, if you need the Holy Ghost today, I'm asking that you'd come up here. I think everybody has the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost but you know what happens in Pentecostal churches some people receive the Holy Ghost and it's years before they speak in tongues again and they're ashamed to tell anybody Ask my wife it is not a sin not to have spoken in tongues again it's a sin if you don't try to get renewed and let that power that pulsating power of the Holy Ghost is anybody brave enough to come up and say I need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost Slowly I turned. Everybody's a fluent tongue That's a good thing. It takes a lot of courage to be honest. It really does take a lot of courage, to be honest. But I don't know about you, but I want to know what I have to do to be saved. And I know one thing. If I'm not speaking in other tongues, if I'm not speaking in other tongues the other day, I'm concerned. I want to know what's blocking up the pipe. I want to know what thing is in there that's keeping me from releasing the thing that God said that we can, every single day we should be able to speak in tongues. Talked to a man not too long ago. He said, I knew a man in California he said, amazing man, he was never a big-time preacher, never had a, a, a ministry per se, but everywhere he went, every church he visited, God used him. He laid hands on people, and they recovered. He cast out devil. He did all kinds of things, and he, nobody knew about him. So he asked this guy, he said, you know, every ever, ever place I go, I hear about what you, you know, how God's using you. What's your secret? He said, about 20 years ago, God told me to speak in tongues. Every day, for as long as I could, without stopping. He said, I pray for one hour every day in tongues. Wow. I started trying that. Let <laughs> me tell you what happens when you're praying in tongues. You can't think of anything else. You can't think about when you're gonna, your next appointment is. You can't think about getting your car fixed. All you, after a while, you're just totally focused on Jesus Christ. And then, and then God hears that language that you're speaking. And the things, we don't know what we're saying. It takes a lot more courage than to just sit there and try to speak things from a heart that's not totally committed to God. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands and worship the Lord. God, I don't know where this service is going. I I just want you to have your perfect way as you walk through these aisles. Uh, These folks have humbled themselves. They've come, I believe, at the threshold of another dimension. But Lord, without you, without your worship and praise coming from our lips, it will not happen. I'm asking you right now by the word of the living God that you fall right now on this place. Walk up and down these aisles. Lord, to move in a great way, in a mighty way. Who'd like to be the first to come up here? You don't have to have any special thing wrong with you, but what if you have something that you could get rid of before you left this place? What if that anger or that thing that's holding you back from being used of God like you know you should be, would you be willing to be honest enough with God? Just come up here and let your pastor and and the elders of this church pray for you We all need relief, unless you're a perfect person. Every morning I get up and I realize that some of these little things have attached themselves to me. These little foxes get in our heads. Come on, that's right, come come up here. Don't be ashamed. We're talking about eternity here. What must I do to be saved? I said, what must I do to be saved? This is important, my friend. This is so very, very important that the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost would rest upon you in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 those of you that have had a broken heart I want you to know that there is a God who's willing to mend that broken heart hallelujah 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 we'd like to have the ministers and the elders come if they would Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177